This is episode 289 of PC's podcast entitled Saskatoon. The uh, occasion of the podcast is a um, kind of informal request from David Saul that uh, I might perhaps write a little book or a small booklet about the last third of life. He said, Dad, um, we don't really do quite enough on uh, the Mockingbird uh, site uh, concerning elements of the concluding third of human life and some of the uh, feelings, sensibilities, and hopefully insights, and especially the Christian gospel as it relates to the last third of life. And he's uh, really encouraged me to continue with this theme just a little bit more, possibly on paper at some point. But this is, uh, um, you might call it the return of GPF, which I did the other day, gratitude peace and faith in what lies after death. The podcast is dedicated to Anthony Newman, and I did want to say before it, it's the Christmas season, really, and um, I really want to ask you, just as it seems very seasonal, to consider uh, making a gift to Mockingbird. Uh, my listeners, I get no reimbursement or no, I mean, I get no remuneration for the cast at all, and yet uh, there are costs associated with it, mainly the platform, the platform for Mockingbird, which allows this to happen and, uh, you know, maintains my computer and uh, uh, keeps me going, mainly in terms of reaching the wide uh, listenership that it does. Uh, Mockingbird is the sole, humanly speaking, the sole reason why the podcast exists. They have provided me the the forum for this. So if you are at the end of the year and would like to support something that this cast, the way one can do it quite directly is by um, making a gift to Mockingbird, and I wanted to say that because it's important, and the cast really depends, therefore, on the um, generosity of strangers, let alone friends. And the issue today is this um, beguiling and uh, very engrossing question of the final third of life, and I... um, started it. I'm going through a guess who phase. I was talking to somebody the other day who said, oh, well, I was a hippie, she said, back in the day. I was a hippie. And uh, I said, well, you might like the music and my cast, for example, the guess who. And boy, there was immediate recognition. What's so great about the guess who is they're, they're a very interesting case because Burton Cummings' voice 
is really as good as it gets in the history of sort of standard pop rock and roll. The voice that uh, Burton Cummings gifted brought to the early and mid-period songs of the guest two is really second to none in passion and feeling and power. I feel it, I compare it to Steve Perry on a much later way and the depth of concern and also a number of the songs, Sour Sweet and Pain Drain and Running Back to Saskatoon, there are many others, uh, Hand Me Down World, uh, there are um, songs, Broken, I've Been Broken Too, these songs have a combination, Lies, These Eyes, um, is a combination of empathy with the pain element from very, very young voices and young musicians to um, real uh, interest in finding an answer finding some kind of a solution to the problems of life uh, that is rooted in some form of a ultimately a kind of religious hope. It comes through a number of these songs. Certainly the diagnosis of the problem is not overly, uh, overly positive. And so I focus on Burton Cummings' songs of that period, running back to Saskatoon, because he's been fussing with words, and he's been fussing with cars, and he's been fussing with poesie, and he's been fussing with all sorts of potential ways to get fuel in the engine, and he has to actually in defeat, go back to his roots, to Saskatoon. Now, um, let's talk just a little bit about the um, schema of um, one's life. Now, let me say that this this arises, this is not a kind of narrative or a, um, a deductive argument. This is what it ought to be. I'm observing. I'm observing and observing with considerable personal um, chagrin, the extent to which one finds oneself um, returning to past disappointments, that's not quite the right word, past um, gaps, past uh, mistakes, past uh, things that ought to have been altered, the things done and the things left done. And when you get to the age when you're no longer really engaging life anywhere near to the same degree, unless you're sort of forcing it, you begin to see that uh, you see in sort of bold relief uh, the good and the bad and the ugly. And therefore, I'm um, wanting to uh, carry this picture forward, which means so much to me, of gratitude, peace, and faith, i.e. hope, in what lies after death, gratitude for all that has been, as opposed to ingratitude, resentment, and bitterness. And to see that even those uh, situations which were calumnious and um, full of defeat were in fact the left hand of God, the co-pilot, in your experience and the circumstances in which your ego navigated life as best it could, that's... um, really um, tremendously important, and to be able to be grateful for even the negatives, the autistic child, the uh, road wrongly taken, the uh, relationship that was simply wrong, 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 Um, this is uh, tremendously important to be able to see that in the negatives there was the, what John Zoll calls a sort of deep down iceberg of the love of God that sort of below the surface of all the other things and when it sort of comes to the surface shows that all the things that you put on the surface break up. They are, they are of uh, 
they're minor league defenses compared to the power of the underlying um, reality, which is the deep, deep iceberg of the love and plan of God. And this is the great message of uh, T.S. Eliot, and it's the great message of, uh, of um, well, not just Wordsworth, but Tennyson I was thinking of, Tennyson, Idols of the King, and others. And so I want to focus on that. And secondly, I want to focus for all of us on the whole matter of peace, because there are certain things that <clears throat> for which we are not able to experience peace. These are the things that come up. John preached so powerfully at St. Matthew's the other day about, you know, you don't get up at three in the morning thinking about what you're at peace about or what you're grateful for. Almost invariably, if you are disturbed in your sleep by a dream or by a anxiety, it has to do with something you're very much not grateful for and for which you do not have peace. And I catalog myself. I don't know about you, but I consider it a useful exercise to catalog myself. What actually has the ability to wake me up? Now, you, whatever age you are, you can immediately know that certain themes, certain people, certain worries, certain kind of gnashing of the teeth, certain regrets, um, certain pictures in your head, uh, mainly individuals or stresses from those individuals, malice from those individuals, demands from those individuals, criticisms from those individuals, these have the ability to get one up and for which one does not have peace. I look back and I actually at this point have found peace in almost every area and even in the area or areas where there might not be full peace, there are elements of peace. I was so interested to talk to two of our children recently um, concerning a subject of some real particular application of importance to me personally, um, and uh, it was so good to talk about it. It was just an old, old, old buried issue related to my own family of origin that uh, my sons had the kind of guts and the honesty and the transparency and the love to sort of bring this issue up that goes way back in my own family of origin, as they say, and it was a very benign conversation. It was a very hopeful conversation. There was great empathy and compassion and love certainly coming from them, and as a result, I was able to feel, I guess you might say, an increase of peace in an area where there might not be, where otherwise my mental equipment might, might say, uh, peace, peace, where there is actually no peace. And uh, so peace, let's remember that. And finally, um, as we look at the um, what lies beyond. Now, I myself believe, uh, and this is why I dedicated the um, cast to Tony Newman, who is a person of whose religious impulses I have enormous respect. Um, Newman has a kind of Eastern picture here of karma and past lives, and uh, you might call it a elements of a religious version rather than a secular version of Buddhism. Uh, yet, or and, um, what I am always aware of is that we are in fact going somewhere. I guess I refer to it in the last period as when we die, we're, we're sort of <clears throat> being forced off the cliff. We're being <clears throat> we're being forced off the cliff without a chute, without a parachute, and 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 yet we 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 arrive somewhere. I consider it something along the lines of a trampoline. This, uh, we arrive in a safe haven. We're caught, and uh, this takes considerable faith to believe it. Um, it is uh, very very hard to. Uh, quantify or to describe the feeling I'm having, but it is based on combination of the absolution and the mercy of God as we know him in Jesus Christ, which I really do accept and uh, take very seriously, and the conviction that the, um, 
that we go to the essence of connection and unity from which we came scarred and hopefully with as few scars as possible because I differ with some. I feel we probably do have to get some kind of help with those scars. Um, the White Hotel by D.M. Thomas is a very derivative book, but it has some great power in the conclusion. There are certain elements of our lives that have to be dealt with, and um, better soon. That's why I talk about gratitude and peace. If you can die with gratitude and peace, you'll be much, much better off. And I believe myself that you'll be better off after death, because some of these things, these fears or these insecurities or these lies, uh, lies, 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 the Thompson twins, um, you'd be better off without. And you really need to get them, how much better to get them worked out now than you, in, in a sense, you have much less conscious autonomy or authority in, uh, in putting them to rest. And uh, so I'm very much in the shadow of uh, episodes like, um, oh, uh, the last act of uh, Our Town, when everybody's sort of waiting, but they're, they're still sort of held. They know that someone is coming in Thornton Wilder's Our Town. It's very brilliant. It was written in, uh, it was written in a hotel in, uh, in Zurich, believe it or not, I believe the last act was. Um, but everybody's sort of held, and yet something is and someone is coming. It's, uh, but the hell, and one of them actually goes back and visits her life, uh, both dead and yet is able to feel the feelings of the, the, those who are alive. And the two people, herself as a teenager and herself as a dead adult, these are, uh, they barely meet. And uh, it reveals to her what she missed in this life. And also she's carrying a sense of tragedy and pathos into the following life, the life of faith, the life of hope, the life which is given to us, but which we see only by faith at this moment. I was thinking of that uh, song, The Day We Meet Again, from the Moody Blues by uh, Justin Hayward. And so artanish, he hasn't seen someone for 30 years with whom he was once very, very closely connected. And he has a more positive picture of it. But um, it's he's alienated. There's no question. There's tremendous alienation, uh, even though there's tremendous amount of wishful thinking. I'm very eager for you to, to look at your life in terms of the percentage of gratitude and the percentage of peace and the percentages of hope and faith. And that's why I uh, presented uh, this podcast. And I'm going to uh, conclude with um, when the band was playing um, Shaken All Over, also in the mid-period by Burton Cummings and the Guess Who. Wonderful rock song. But uh, I leave it with you, and th tell me what you think, if I should do a little more with this. I'm very happy to do it. The great creators often have dealt with the whole question of where we're going. Gauguin dealt with it very plainly in that remarkable painting in the BMFA, and uh, the playwright I mentioned, and uh, any number of... Uh, heroes that I admire, in particular Ryder Haggard in uh, She and Alan, and um, so many others. And uh, I want you to uh, give yourself a Christmas inventory. And uh, let me just finally say that where we are going is the uh, beatitude of oneness. And uh, however we are to feel, do everything you can now to um, extract uh, the alchemy of peace where there is um, dis-ease and discomfort and repression and unsettledness. I saw someone die not all that long ago, whom I knew, who um, died 
so utterly and completely unabreacted, um, or shall I say untruthful, vis-a-vis his, uh, his earlier life. And I felt to myself, you know, this man is, is going off into death, he's long dead, with, um, I guess, a little bit of what uh, Scrooge uh, saw with Marley as a kind of a great anvil attached by a chain to his leg. And uh, that uh, anvil needs to be cut, and it's cut through the gospel, and it's cut through uh, humble diagnosis, and it's cut finally with the great benediction of the uh, of the um, Nook Demitus. Now we are sent off into the hands of the righteous God, loving God. Thank you so much. When the band was playing, shaken all over. Mm-hmm.